2: Hello folks, this is Neil Haley of Total Tutor. Are you seeking a reliable call center? You gotta check out callcentersplus.com. That's with an S, callcentersplus.com for a reliable call center. Now back to Files of Disclosure with Victor Vijani and Neil Haley. There is no doubt about it There's some type of strange flash red light. ahead. It is weird. It's coming this way. It is definitely coming this way. No doubt about it. This is weird. The evidence is overwhelming that Earth is being visited by intelligently controlled
1: extraterrestrial
0: spacecraft. Oh yes, it was a cover-up from the beginning. It was just enormous. enormous.
1: Knows fully well what is taking
0: place with regard to the UFO phenomenon. The uh, CIA wanted uh, to all the older people, they would now sworn to sequencing that this meeting never happened and this event never happened. Uh, Neil Armstrong was overheard saying that we were basically warned off the moon that these extraterrestrial civilizations did not want us going to other planets. They really want us to go out into space as a peaceful, unified people. <laughs>
2: Hi, everyone, and I'm Neil Haley, and this is the Neil Haley Network. And again, I'm so excited about this show. Uh, a good friend of mine, Don Emilio Zeno, said that, guess what? This is something that you need to uncover, find out what's going on, and really learn about this. Because Don is truly a believer in certain ways, for sure. So I'm excited to talk about a show that we're going to have on the network called Files of disclosure, and our host is going to be Victor Vigiani. Uh, Victor, how are you? And uh, thanks for coming on.
1: Well, I'm just fine. It's a, an absolute pleasure to be with you, Neil.
2: Absolutely. Let's go. Co- so, Victor. As uh, we are going to be doing is we're going to be playing a couple of these major experts today on the show in between, and but also going through specific questioning about specifically this pilot and why we're doing this so i wanted to hit a real quick question to you victor before we Mm kind of say hello let's go right into all this how did you get started being in this uh field and looking at specifically ufos and how you have really grown in this process from the first time you were introduced to this to now
1: well, yeah, that's a it's a good place to start because it, it was uh, quite a while ago, some forty years ago, that I was in a bi- uh, bookstore here in Toronto, Canada, and I picked up a book called Revelations by the author Jacques Vallee, and I didn't know anything about it at all. I just was browsing this this, this aisle in in, the, in this bookstore, so I picked it up and began reading about it, and he started talking about these unidentified flying objects, and I read the introduction a bit of the the preface looked at the the chapter headings I said I'm gonna buy this book so I took it home uh, and read it up at the cottage later on that summer and I read it one time Neil and then wow. I said to myself uh I gotta read this again I just don't believe what's going on so from that point on listening to in my own head as Jacques Vallée described what this issue is all about it played um in my mind, like a harp, many, many strings, and it it kept on going from there, and it's been something relentless in my own personal life, and in my professional life. After um, you know, thirty-five years in education as an uh, as a principal and teacher, this sort of took over my life from there, and it's become a passion, both uh, I guess personal and politically and scientific so that's where it all started and that's how it all was generated
2: well and absolutely and i think that once you have that belief matter and again i'm coming in as a as an unbeliever that's going to learn from this process and really ask the right questions that our listeners all over the world are going to want to ask and i know that talk about facebook alone we did launch a i guess a prequel Prequel uh, disclosure interview that you did, and that just got tremendous feedback, Victor. Tons of people were watching it, so and Good. that's where the excitement comes to going into this process. So, what are we going to cover tonight? Like, because again, well, a lot of it yeah. we're going to look at specifically, Victor, is the understanding. Uh, what the show's going to be about. It's a little different. It's not like certain—the way we're going to cover UFOs might be different than some other podcasts or radio shows or TV shows you've watched, right?
1: For sure. There is no other issue, and I think uh, your listeners should really understand this and this is coming from a personal bias plus all the facts behind this issue there is no other more important issue than the extraterrestrial issue because it speaks to the fact that we're first of all Neil that we're not alone in the cosmos and it's a huge place it's uh, it's a it's just unimaginably large and there are in fact craft coming from other parts of this solar system and from this cosmos beyond uh, the, the far reaches of our imagination, they're somehow getting here. Right. And they're being, they're being identified as these funny craft, funny lights in the sky called UFOs. And the documentation behind this, both personal, military, and political, uh, are, are astounding. Thousands of reports are made each year. As a matter of fact, from the beginning of uh, 2018 to right now as we speak— uh, the National UFO Reporting Center in in, um, in, in the USA reports well over 2,400 UFO uh, reports. Now, that just means people seeing something in the sky. That doesn't mean they're UFOs. There's lots of mis misidentifications. Right. But when you still it all down, about 10%, maybe 8% of those things are worthy of looking at. And then you cut that in half and you have about 4% that are saying, We don't know what the heck these things are. They perform maneuvers in the skies back and forth, hovering, disappearing, flitting in and out, moving it up to speeds of Mach 20, quote that, Mach 20. That's that's very fast. So of that 4%, we have to investigate it, and a lot of people do that on a regular basis. So there's evidence that we have to consider this phenomenon as real, first of all, and then after that, who else knows about it and what are they doing? Uh, to keep this under under wraps and, and uh, uh, below a secrecy level that we can never imagine.
2: And this is what's going to be interesting. I did listen to the audio clips, and that kind of gives me, and this is what we're going to play tonight on the show for our, our pilot show, and kind of listening to specifically what this show's about and these experts and what they talk about which really m- makes me think and say i want more and having mm-hmm. an expert like victor on the show uh we're gonna find out specifically enough from victor what this means because these sound clips are not very long right victor they're kind of very short mm-hmm. but to the point so which, what what uh, sound clip are we gonna play first for our audience well-
1: let's um well before we get to the sound club i just want to let your 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 the our, our audience know that they really should get out a pencil and paper to take down some notes about this it's this not something probably your your audience is accustomed to <laughs>
2: they're accustomed to it trust me from the education well, show so it's exactly, no worries you know, okay and okay. being
1: a teacher i know that too so anyways get your sharpen your pencils out and get your pads ready because there's going to be a lot of uh, little tidbits that you might want to jot down and then get back to neil neil and i about so that we can follow up on it. So there's a lot of cataloging that could happen. Uh, let's play, if you, if we could, uh, the first clip from Stephen Bassett. Now, clip number one, I think it is, uh,
2: Neil. Yes, okay. Well, let's go ahead and play it.
0: There's a potential that there's aliens out there that are here for transformative, profound changes that will make our planet far more livable. And there is a chance that there is entities out there that are here to do as they please, which includes annihilating all of us at their will. I don't know about you, but it seems like pretty heavy questions, and I thought maybe we could discuss that. Maybe we could have a little chat about it on this week, or perhaps Ted Koppel would like to have one of those famous panels. It's not that I'm not concerned about Britney Spears' pregnancy. It's not that. I'm just saying that we have this issue of good alien versus bad alien, and it seems pretty heavy, and it would be kind of nice if we would debate it publicly. Nobody has a handle on this. I don't think anybody in this panel would say, oh, oh, oh I, I know. I know exactly what's going on. They're good aliens, and I, I know them all personally. And it could be on these programs if you and your neighbors, your neighbor's neighbors, said, I want more than survivor.
2: Okay, so it kind of already gives me that point of mind, Victor. When you talk about that clip, that just makes me start to think. Oh, wow, it's it's he seems very passionate about it. Explain who Stephen Bassett is and why yeah. this was so powerful. Sure. This this clip.
1: Yeah, the the uh, the first clip of Stephen. First of all, Stephen is the uh, is the du- executive director of the Paradigm Research Group in Washington D.C. And Stephen uh, Bassett is the only, underscore only, uh, registered lobbyist in the, for the UFO issue in Washington, D.C. Wow. so D.C. D. He's a registered lobbyist. So this is a political move by this inv- individual in the United States to make a statement about the, what these UFOs are all about. And he does this on a regular basis. So um, his understanding of this whole issue in terms of uh, we need to know What's going on? We need to know what the government knows about this, and we can guarantee you, and Steve can do this too. At some point, we might want to get him on the show. Uh, He can confirm to you that the government has thousands of these files, thousands of video reports, thousands of radar reports about oh my the, gosh. the cataloging of this stuff. It's just not, it's not something that uh, he's making up. So um, it's really um, contingent upon the volume and density of this information that moves us forward to say, you know, what's going on here in our skies,
2: And that's something that is a surprise. We go, you know, all the way back to the first identifications of UFOs, Victor, but these are documented from someone from the government saying that this truly, there are reports not just from bystanders, but from the government that has observed this. This is where Mm -hmm. the surprise comes, right? Well, that's,
1: that's, the, uh, that's the core of the question, because the, the question is really who within the government, and we use the term loosely as government, and the, the individuals that have documented this stuff and individuals within the military and NASA that testify about seeing these things. And we have at least 12 different astronauts, Neil, 12 astronauts that have given testimony that while in space, that no craft from Earth on its way from Earth to the moon was not under the surveillance of some type of UFO. And uh, Scott Carpenter said that. And many of the astronauts that were involved in the trips from the moon back and forth to the Earth saw these things. And once they landed, Neil Armstrong, the first person on the moon, said there are craft just over the horizon that are bigger than a football field. And he said that now that was something that was not captured on the regular audio between, um, earth and, and the, the landed craft, but commandeered from audio on the medical channels where we heard Neil Armstrong say exactly that these things are here and they're beyond the horizon. And that's not difficult to understand from my point of view, because I've known this information for a long time, but from a personal perspective of your your listeners, they've got to say, what is this guy talking about? Right. they have to be asked and exactly that's, that's, yeah exactly that that's the core of the question and i need people to trust the fact that this stuff is real and these astronauts just aren't blowing smoke so we have to understand so why are they saying this stuff right are exactly they, are they going forward to say well i'm going to make a fool of myself in public by saying there's ufos no these people are trained you know flyers trained astronauts trained professionals And they would not make these kinds of statements uh, at at whim. So we have to consider them as serious. And these aren't the only individuals within the government who've made these kinds of statements.
2: Well, Victor, here's the question. Why cover it up? What's the purpose of covering it up if this is truth?
1: Why? Why? Do you have two more hours? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have two more years to do the show, or 200 exactly, yeah. years yeah. to do the show and and, okay. and and get a huge new audience and find all the fans of yours mm-hmm. all over the place mm-hmm. to, and, and really bring yeah. this mainstream on the yeah. Neil Haley network. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, let's you know, I'm watching a TV show right now. Uh, I just finished it up, uh, and it talked about the future, and it talked about time travel, and it was called Travelers on uh, Netflix, and mm-hmm. it kind of talks about, you know, how they were covering up travelers that were coming from a future time, and, and exploring the bodies and becoming part of other humans that have died, and then continue to live on, so it you really don't know how easy it is, especially if you're seeing writers and they do the research to cover things up, right, Victor? So, this is not a, a lot of things the government covers up, not just UFOs. Of course. So it's it's part of
1: the bigger picture, the whole matrix.
2: And what you've just described,
1: in, in essence, is um, what is our definition of reality? Now, I don't want to get into that right now because that's a very deep subject. But when you take a look at our place in the cosmos and these things that are coming and going uh, back and forth from wherever they're from, it, the, the I- ideology behind it is why cover it up? Well, let's take a look at it from the point of view of the U.S. Air Force and the Pentagon, and all those important people. You get these craft coming and going within our airspace, and it's done, you know, let's say it's done uh, 100 times a year, whatever it happens to be. They send up jets. They chase these things. They get gun camera footage of these things, and they don't know what they are. These things outpace all of our um, sophisticated jets, you know, by by 10,000 miles an hour, if not more, and the government just doesn't have an answer to it, and so... What is it within the concept that says we are the US Air Force and we have no control over our own airspace? These things come and go with impunity and we can't do anything about it. And that's an admission that pilots have made, CF 18 pilots have made over and over again. And the Pentagon investigation that started back in 2007 proved that very, very clearly that people, these pilots, fly these things. And they're flying, be, you know, beside them, or above them, or below them, and these things just flip and turn and rise and lev and uh, hover and do things these pilots don't even understand. So, how do you to answer your question? How do you just say why these things are covered up? That's why, because the government, the United States Air Force, is virtually powerless over these over these craft. They have no means of control they can't fire at them they can't uh, elude them they can't they can't capture them exactly that's an admission that that, that the united states air force cannot make publicly so that's one reason why to cover it up and there are others
2: yeah but then that makes complete sense because if then if they can't stop it from happening people could start fearing ufos and saying if Mm -hmm. there are other people in the in this universe are they going to fight us someday? Are they going to try to take over our planet? Mm-hmm. And if, if there's an unknown, you know what we're going to want to do is <laughs> find those UFOs yeah. and bring the aliens to the world. And mm-hmm. I think that they're frightened beyond belief, especially if the technology is far better in other worlds or other in the mm-hmm. universe than in our world.
1: Right. Well, that's one of the key issues is the the alternate technologies that are going on. And um, before that, you mentioned, you know, we don't know who these people are, these civilizations are. And it's the whole fear factor. And Hollywood has done a really good job of um, mantling the whole fear factor about these, you know, evil aliens coming here to to have us for breakfast. And I'm not saying that they're all benevolent beings or it's going to be all sort of, you know, flowers and roses. That's not the case. But the fact of the matter is, there are civilizations out there that are interested in us. So, why are they coming here? What's their agenda? What do they want to do? Do they want to have us for breakfast? I don't think so. Do they want to engage us at a level that we may not understand? I think that's very, very possible. So, the, the why they're here. Is, is another question. And why they're being covered up is, are two separate questions. So it's a really, really complex issue. And once you move along the continuum to understand the cultural and scientific implications, especially the energy issue, Neil. Yes. Uh, the, the, these, these things aren't stopping off at Jupiter to fill up with eso gas.
2: so gas. So, so this is part of things you found out from the government is how better is the technology in other worlds than our world? Wow, uh, that's like um,
1: you know comparing the invention of the wheel uh, to a Tesla car. Okay, really? Wow. Uh, we, oh, that's just qu- a quantum level leap beyond. What we're talking about here here is the the way these craft move, and this has all been studied very, very specifically by people who in the scientific community, physicists. We have a lot of people who look at the kinds of things these craft do and the speeds they they they, they, they move at. And w- what we've learned is that they have somehow plugged into a form of energy. that They call it quantum or zero-point energy. And that's just the sort of the sea of energy that's around us. We, we all are immersed in this sea of energy. And somehow these civilizations, as multiple as they are, have somehow figured out how to tap this energy from the quantum vacuum of space and move at or beyond the speed of light. And that's a big pill to swallow but that's what's going on and this whole free energy or quantum or zero point energy is exactly how technology will eventually develop on our planet if we find out how these craft really move that will completely eliminate fossil fuels wow and just to give you an example of how these craft do what they do and in and, and just we have to take a step back here i guess the the idea of zero point energy is like being in a swimming pool surrounded with water. So we are, in fact, beings who are surrounded by energy. Everything that we reach to, everything that's around us, is, is this quantum vacuum of, of energy. And there's a way to draw upon that quantum vacuum, okay, and get that energy, put it somewhere, and create a force that allows us to move things or do things, just like uh, you know, we can move a car or a machine or whatever. So that concept of drawing energy from the quantum vacuum of space is so powerful that if we get, if we are able to, and I hope people are sitting down for this because they should hear it, one cup of this energy, this quantum zero-point energy, one cup of it, Neil, will boil all of the oceans and evaporate them on the planet.
2: My goodness.
1: Now, I wouldn't say that if I wasn't serious.
2: No, and, I understand you're, yeah. you're you're definitely serious about this, Victor, and it's something uh, for sure. And I think we're get close to ready for our next clip. We could talk. As you see, as a former teacher myself, I ask mm-hmm. lots of questions and a radio host that's done over 10,000 interviews. So I'm <laughs> listening to you and yeah. saying, wow. And I, I think that yeah. other people, and this is what I want to bring the dialogue to the Neil Haley Network. You can tweet me at TotalTutor or at the Neil Haley show as well with questions. And we can develop these conversations. If you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube watching the show, or it's somewhere else out there, please ask these questions to Victor. Victor is here for you to be that resource in specific ways. So I guess we're ready for our next clip clip and tell us what the next audio clip is going to be again. It's again, Steven Bassett and what is he going to be talking about now? I think he's going to be looking at what it means um,
1: to us uh, as, as a species as a as, as a group of people what will happen once um, this whole um, issue is not necessarily just disclosed to everyone but it's at least acknowledged as something that's real and I think Stephen has a weir- a real great way of, of saying what this issue holds for us in the future
2: okay let's play that clip. I do believe that disclosure will trigger
0: very possibly the greatest era of reform in history because of the the fact that the world's attention will suddenly be focused pretty much in the same direction and that everything sort of is tossed up in the air, everything goes on the table suddenly, which happens once in a while, and you're going to see literally a systemic, I think, spectral uh, reform that will be staggering in uh, in its size and scope. Now, will it lead us? to wonderful things? Will it all work out? I don't know. But I know that
2: the opportunity is there. Again, it has me ask questions, Victor. I listened to this for a second time. And when we're talking about if when finally... It's disclosed that UFOs and aliens will be coming to our world. It's going to change a lot of our economy, the way he's discussing things. It's going to change a lot of the way we live because if aliens will be among us at one point in time, and that's a question for later on, Mm -hmm. Stephen's already exploring that and saying, this is going to change what we're thinking about our economy. This is going to be the change of how we eat. This is going to be how we breathe if we get better technology light years ahead of us. Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole nature of the future aspect of this. Uh, in in a scientific and cultural and even sociological way. If if all of these things come to pass as the way we see it's going to eventually come about, this this is not a wave that's going to just sink into the sea and never appear again. This is a wave that's going to hit shores all over the planet, and everyone will understand what's going on. So the provocative nature of the changes that this will bring to every aspect of our lives uh, cleaning up our oceans, eliminating fossil fuels, um, even even the concept of of borders, Neil. Uh, yes, some of my information is that the places these people come from, there are no sort of countries or the, the you know presidents and prime ministers. There's a whole different ideology about how planets work, and our sort of uh, almost prehistoric need for borders and for countries may be a concept we call into question, and that's a that's another big pill to swallow. How do you how do you dissolve borders and, and and bring people together not as ethnic groups or political groups but as a human family, as a human species, and understanding that we can become uh, a united species and can become, and here's the big deal here, Neil, a space faring civilization so that we can leave the planet, go other places, and use these technologies to to, to broaden the human experience without the co- you know throughout the cosmos and those are things that we don't normally talk about, and that's why media has been so silent on this because the sociological and cultural implications of this are phenomenal once we make contact and sort of engage in a dialogue with whoever these civilizations are and I can't say for sure you know, one's the same as the next. We we really don't know. But we know that they're out there and that they're here, interested in us. And I don't think we're taking it seriously
2: enough. I, th- I think you're right. So let's throw a question. Let's just say, I mean, big fans of certain shows like V Or let's talk about specifically enough Close Encounters of the Third Kind, whatever that was. And let's talk about Uh E.T., how all these things change things tremendously by bringing certain diseases or a different mindset or other shows that we've seen that aliens are among us or they are living with us on a regular basis. Uh What will this do? Do you predict this will happen in our century 21st century that aliens will be among us at one point
1: yeah i can I can uh, you know I can easily say uh, on the on the 20th of December 2018 that that the whole idea of extraterrestrials or off-world civilization species will be with us or be part of our our referent group with, within the next three to five years maybe even you know before that uh, there's no question about it. Uh, it's 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 something that we have to accept that's going to come. So why do we accept that notion? Well, why can we accept it, or why should we? I guess that's the whole question. Exactly. Yeah. And when you look at what Hollywood has done with respect to portraying these off-world civilizations as you know, you know, uh, you know viral people and infecting us all with diseases and everything, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. And if it if it did happen. It would have happened already if these extraterrestrials are in fact as omnipotent as, uh, or omnipotent if you want to pronounce it the other way, as we think they are. They would have done that long ago. They would have come here and just wiped the, their, their, their feet on our, our front door, and come in and taken over. They haven't done that. That's not, that's not what they're, they're all about. So there must be some sort of other agenda to engage us. There's a difference between confronting us and engaging us. And I think Hollywood has done a great job of showing that these aliens are here to confront us and to challenge us and to destroy us. And that's the dominant meme that has been presented over the past uh, you know, 25 or 30 years by Hollywood, which, at, which is a totally dysfunctional perspective as to how Other people who are contactees, who have had actual contact with extraterrestrials, portray these groups. And there's nothing in what they've experienced that says that these people are here to take over the planet and, you know, have us for breakfast, as I I said earlier. So there's a lot of information out there that people have to distill, talk about, think about, to really understand where we're at in this whole evolution of our contact with these off-world civilizations, oh. so it's a it's a such a complex right.
2: question. Exactly, are there aliens among us right now?
1: Well, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> no, no, that's you put me on the spot here. Um, th- there's a let before I do that, I, I don't want to say what I believe about this, but there are other people who I know personally who feels very strongly that there are in fact. Uh, I- aliens among us now when i i'm not saying that there's you know, physical aliens but we're talking about a program of hybridization so there there may be some people believe there may in fact be and hold on your hats for this there hybrid alien human beings on the planet wow here now that's a that's a way far out concept that i'm really not into and i can't really spend too much time on that although it's it's really interesting it, it sort of grabs a hold of you but there are so many more practical issues that we have to consider before that. So this whole pri- um, hybrid nature of the human beings may in fact be true. And we'll only find out that once we evolve through the dialogue that we have to develop first into understanding why they're, why they're here and why they're manifesting themselves in these crazy light shows and, 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 and crazy craft. Why are they doing it? What's their purpose
2: behind Exactly. It?
1: Yeah, so these are all the questions that we really have to address and and once again I'm going to say it's very very complex there's no easy answer.
2: How many how many believers are out there and especially we talked about when before we decided to do this show because again I always like to be groundbreaking. I started an education talk show and talked about things in education that educators were afraid about talking about. And mm-hmm. I always come up with different interesting shows and ideas especially when we know everyone has a mic. But the real truth of the matter is there are people out here wanting an expert like yourself and people like we're playing as clips they are going to be guests on this show. Uh, how many, like, if let's just say I, I'm, you know, polling people, let's say here in the United States, how many people out of 10 people you think believe there are aliens among us and there are UFOs?
1: All the stats that we have in terms of people who... Uh, think that this stuff is real or they, they there's some sort of foundational feeling within them we're looking at um between 60 and 70 percent of the american public believe that in fact we're not alone in the universe and another 50 percent believe that we've been, actually been visited by these by these craft so they and that's you know that's an advised um uh, stat there i mean i can guarantee you that both of those stats are true so there are, are literally thousands, if not millions upon millions of people in the United States and globally that, 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 that feel that um, not only are we not alone in the universe, but B, that we've been visited. And then C, which is a really important fact, that the government is withholding this information from us. So there's three factors there of, of, of belief systems. So um, there's, there are a lot of people who want to know about this issue and who are hungry for it. I mean, the radio shows that I've been involved in over the past uh, 25 years here in Toronto, CFRB and, and, and one other station here in Toronto, um, the, the, the number of listeners that we garnered about this thing, I want more about this. I, I want to know more about this stuff. So I'm getting constant emails. I'll get 50 and 60 emails a week about people saying, I've had this kind of contact. I saw this. I can't deal with all those. But what I can understand is the wave of information, the wave of hunger that people are really wanting to know about this issue is immense. And it is, in fact, uh, the biggest issue that faces uh, humanity at this point in time in, in our existence.
2: Absolutely. am willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. I cannot wait to hear more and more. I would say show me proof. And this is going to be me as we're getting ready to move into our next uh, segment, or our next clip, and you can tell us who our next right. clip is going to be, because show me proof. I'm. This is great. Just like so many different things we could talk about. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But yeah, show no, me proof. Right. So, but th- I know that'll be probably part of a a question. Let's go ahead and play the third clip. But first, tell our listeners what what we're going to be listening to in our third clip.
1: Um, you're going to be listening to Richard Dolan, and I believe this clip uh, that he's talking about is the, um, the 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 revolutionary aspect of of, of this whole. Of this whole issue and he says it will be a revolution of ideologies that will change the human species forever so i think and richard really does a great job of, of saying this is this is the big um big reveal uh as far as humanity is concerned and we have to take it seriously
2: okay let's play that clip
3: this subject is what I, I'm calling the greatest revolution. And, and the greatest revolution is learning that we are not alone. Even so, I believe that an open recognition of UFOs would put all of these other revolutions right in the dust. So the implications of an end of official secrecy on UFOs, not the end of all lying, but, but the at least an open acknowledgement that this phenomenon represents something that is beyond us, that recognition will affect every aspect of our lives. And we're talking technology, energy, social cohesion, politics economics and finance all of the government statements that oh yeah nothing to the UFO phenomenon we've looked into it and it's not significant I mean let's put your thinking cap on here and recognize that in fact the evidence for these military encounters is overwhelming and abundant actually and the evidence for the lies is it's overwhelming the CIA is not just going to walk away from the table by the way if it's out it's not like they're going to give us everything they've got
2: Okay, uh... Again, this is something that we have to start planning. And there, so I'm going to go right to the question. Show me proof. I'm interested in this. This is great. This would be great, again, if we can help our medical technology, our economy. Yep. Stop looking at, you know, our you know our nationalist point of view of other countries where we're the only ones among us. And then we'll find out with aliens among us that we have to kind of become a bit more culturally understanding, especially if they're going to be far uh, technologically advanced maybe even humanly advanced than us and mm-hmm. far that we're going to have to kind of change the perspective of what we're looking at things but show me proof first and then i want to kind of yeah. talk more about some of these things with the energy sources and all that
1: yeah well the, the the idea of proof and evidence are two two separate things in a court of law you you know you you produce evidence to 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 embolse your case um uh, the 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 idea of of proof, show me the proof. Um, it's 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 kind of difficult to characterize because when you when you look at some of the video stuff that we have, uh, and a lot of it is just absolute garbage, Neil. They just it's, you just throw it away. But there's about five percent, and once again that, that percentage of the videos that we have are incontrovertible that these things do things in the sky that no craft that we know of. So the video evidence that we have. Is astounding. It's just, it is, when you look at any 10 good videos of these things, uh, about two of them are absolutely unexplainable, and people would have to go online to actually see these things. If you want to go to my website, ZLand Communications, you can see some of these things, and I will only publish uh, videos that have been vetted by our experts, And uh, we have several of them on my website so that they could look at those things. Uh, These craft are intelligently controlled, move in ways that no aircraft uh, could ever imagine. So that's one form of proof. The other form of proof that this is of interest are government documents. And we have, and even in Canada, we have 9,500 UFO files at Library and Archives Canada talking about the UFO issue and you translate that into the CIA set of documents and the FBI uh, set of documents about UFOs, your listeners would be established in an unreal world (laughs) of understanding to go to CIA or the FBI and type in that with UFO and see what you come up with. Because the CIA and the FBI and NRO and NSA and even NASA have their own documents of confirmed contact with aircraft, uh, our own aircraft with craft of unknown origin, and we're talking about NORAD too, uh, w- which is another entity into this. So when you talk about fr- uh, proof, you've got it all right there. It's just a matter of looking at it and taking the time to go to these places rather. Than and this than is
2: all your them. website,
1: Victor. This is For all. Sure. You- yeah, go to Zeland Communications. Look at my press releases, and also. Um, uh, you know, look through all of the articles that that I've written on my website, and you'll come to a pretty clear understanding about where the government is going on this. And one of the biggest things that's just been revealed is the Pentagon uh, UFO investigation. Okay. It ran from 2007, 2012. A senator within the American Senate got $22 million of uh, of funding for a UFO investigation by the Pentagon. And they did this from 2007, 2012. And their findings are, in fact, that these things are real. They're being uh, cataloged on a daily daily basis, not just once in a while, on a daily basis throughout the United States and Canada. So uh, why did the the Pentagon spend $22 million to investigate UFOs? That's a very good question that, that we need answers to. So these are the kinds of things that you say, well, you ask for proof. I mean, there's all kinds of proof. So
2: if we got a politician, if we, you decided I'd put you on a different show and I put, put a politician on the spot and you'd ask that question, what answer would they give?
1: Regular politicians, Neil, know absolutely squat about this issue, okay? The regular people that are elected in the Senate or the, the Congress or in our parliament here know nothing about this. This is all backroom stuff. We're talking agencies like the CIA, the NRO, and the NSA, and even the military arms of the United States Air Force, the Navy, and the Army. These, these entities are the keepers of this information. The politicians know nothing about this. And that's one of our, our, um, our, our sort of structured uh, focuses is, is to get to the politicians, to have them look at these intelligence agencies that, that, that know all about this stuff. So the question has to be, where is this um, information residing within those agencies, and how can we get it out? And the, the, the politicians, uh, if you ask them about it, Neil, you can, you can, it's like the deer staring into the headlights of a car. They don't know anything about this at all.
2: And so if they don't know anything, why is it if they're supposed to spend the time looking at what's going on in our world?
1: they they're dulled by other things they they're dulled by uh, you know funding mechanisms within congress uh, the border issue uh, you know immigrants uh, the, the the healthcare system on and on and on in in your country you you have some, you've got some really difficult things going on so there's no reason why politicians should be focusing on ufos because these, they're, they're, they're there's so many, so many,
2: many more issues. so 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 many more issues yeah. and so and That's my concern, Victor. My concern in this aspect is, let's just say, you know, a lot of things that we're concerned about medically, they come Mm -hmm. in with better technology and save all of it. Are they going to be the most powerful people in the world if they do come among us? Oh, I see what
1: you mean, yeah. Will these civilizations dominate us? I guess that was your question. Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, Well, that's a good question. I I don't have a specific answer to it. I mean, I'm only speculating. But based on the kinds of information that we have from what we call contactees or experiencers, these are people who have uh, report to have uh, personal encounters with extraterrestrials. It's called the abduction phenomenon, which we can get into in another show. And that's why this is so complex. But these people who who report that they've been contacted by extraterrestrials—you're talking about, you know, right. doctors, lawyers, people who work at Kmart—exactly uh, you know, anybody. Okay, the what what these people are receiving as informationally from these beings are that um, we need to understand who you are as a species and why you're doing what you're doing to the planet. And, 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 and if there's any way that we can ameliorate what's going on in your planet, we're here to help, but we don't want to come in and solve your problems. You as a species, you as a humanity, you as a human family have to understand there's a need for change. And once humanity, the human family, realizes that we have to fix the mess that we've made on our own planet, yeah. then once we come to that reality, we believe that these contactees are correct in saying that's when Whoever these ETs are will help us along, or engage us, or or make themselves known. Because this is not sort of like here. Here's a problem. We'll fix it for you. We as a species have to understand that we've got some serious issues on this planet. And if we want to rectify them and eliminate fossil fuels and the plastics in our oceans and the hunger among children and you know kids and kids in in Africa uh, in Africa who can't get a clean glass of water. I mean that's that's abhorrent to us as an intelligent species. And this is going on. 30,000
2: kids a month die of malaria in Africa. Yes, You know that. And and, and then we have people in the United States and Canada that feel that they're poor just because they don't have something that the the most richest people in the world do. And do you think... So, uh, let me go into real... and, And I hope that you understand my point of view. If, let's just say tomorrow a ufo lands in pittsburgh okay right. and and they have a bunch of them like in independence day they're not violent they're just saying we are fed up of watching what you're doing in this world and we are here to help and we're here to change the way things will happen well how are governments going to react i mean think about it will smith and the whole deal and they're not violent now and i think that Ultimately, if we've studied history, violence is only based on specific reasoning uh, of not understanding each other's culture, exactly. and and so if aliens are far advanced and understand history and study history, they're going to just say we want to help this civilization. But how are governments going to react to this? That's the concern I have. If they react in a way, we're going to have to fight. These are they don't belong here could we see wars? Could we see famine? Yeah, could yeah. we see big sure. problems happen? Yeah.
1: If the politicians are in charge of that decision, my answer to your question is absolutely yes, we could very easily see that kind of reaction. But uh, in, in in one sense, um, if we prepare um, uh, the, the human family or politicians for the prospect of this in advance, that that kind of intervention may not be as deleterious as we think it might be. Now, it's all about power. If you either advance your level of power and influence or you, you decline it or you, you become less powerful. And that's how the political systems work. And if our political systems think or feel as, a, as an entity that we are going to lose our power, influence, or whatever we have over um, our, our, our planetary concerns, that, that's a loss of their control. So what we have to do is inculcate uh, in the ideology that people have to let go of those presuppositions of control and say there is a greater reality out there. There's a greater reality that says you can be better as a species and how can you attain that? And perhaps the what, what I call extinction behaviors. These are behaviors that we on the planet are engaging in every single day and you can elucidate them as, as well as I can. You know, f- from from dumping plastics into the ocean and burning fossil fuels and, uh, you know, the, the coral reefs. You you know, uh, know they're the yes. species on and on see, and on.
2: see, See, this is where you go, and I'm an American, and I'm going to jump on this and say, okay, this is where the conversation's different, where Canada has a lot better ideas, better health care system, possibly. Uh, we have to have that conversation. Uh, right. Basically, uh, more uh, understanding of the poor than the United States does you're bringing up different things that are out there that it was funny in the tv show travelers on netflix Mm -hmm. uh they brought up the reason they came back here is because the the, our our civilization was destroyed and 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 they talked about reasons and then later on and you're just killing yourselves so could an alien being see this and then change our governmental systems, like all the systems that we've studied in our lives, could completely change if there are aliens among us.
1: Well, of course, it, it, this will, as Richard Dolan will will talk about, or at least he has, it will change every aspect of our ideology about what democracy are, what democracy is, or what government is, and our whole idea of of governance. And it'll, be, it'll become more of a, a global review or global understanding of who we are as a species. And once we understand that, all of the, the political issues that we're dealing with right now, political, and environmental, and scientific, um, will—I'm not saying they're going to disappear, but they'll be considered in a different way so that once you understand about the technologies and, 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 and all these energy systems that we can put in place that will that can and will resolve our problems, politicians have to take a step back and say, okay, maybe there is another focus or locus of control here that we don't understand, and we may be getting into some sort of um, consultation with Correct. these extraterrestrial yes. groups, sitting down and saying, okay, what are you guys all about and what do you want? This is the kind of dialogue that... that uh, I know and Stephen Bassett knows and and Richard Dole and all the other experts know. Let's just sit down with these these beans, say, why are you here? Yeah. Um, and what's going on? Just give us an idea of where we're going here, so that we can relay this to our to our own civilization, and not have them sort of go home and jump out their basement windows.
2: You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but I, I, you could see that reaction happen. Of course. And and all, from all these great writings and different things, and and we wouldn't continue to think that this is going to happen if it. That, again, you say it's real, and I don't know what your plan is with me, especially if you kind of did. Finally, sample a lot of my audio interviews. As mm-hmm. you, you trusted Don, but then once you've listened to say, "Oh my gosh, this guy really can interview anybody," and I told you that before. That's one of my skill sets. I wonder if that'll ever pay off in financial well-being or not. Yeah, let me, you know, you,
1: you, yeah, let, me let me tell you, buddy. You've got a real gift here. So you you do a great job. I love your approach, and you have. You're very articulate and very clear and distilled in your in your in the way you question people, and that's a great interviewing skill, and and that's something that we have to kind of uh, depend upon if we want to move forward with this issue, both you and I.
2: I agree for sure. So let's go to the fourth clip, and the fourth clip's going to really look at now. We said what how the government's going to react. We told you that's going to be pretty bad. Now, how is that going to change everything with this energy? I'm interested in hearing about this energy. So let's go ahead and play that clip. Go ahead. Uh, the, one of the biggest
3: things to keep in mind, though, I think, is that a true disclosure of the UFO reality portends a, a very likely dramatic change in our technological and particularly our energy infrastructure. And the only reason I say this is that whatever these objects are using to move around from one point to another, we have to assume it isn't petroleum or fossil fuels. I mean, a 10 year old child who sees a zigzagging, instantly accelerating object is going to realize, oh, that's not gasoline. So, whatever, whatever it is, like, even if we don't get the full answer in disclosure, you're like, what's their source of energy? You got to know that human scientists are going to figure this one out. Because the biggest obstacle to getting to the next stage of any kind of development is, is just knowing that it's possible at all. So I think once it's acknowledged that, oh, yes, they've got some form of anti-grav, or are they working on electrogravitics, you're going to have an entire world of brilliant scientists suddenly throwing themselves into it, and that's going to come out. So it, it portends a revolution of fundamental infrastructure of our world. And to say that's a big deal, people may not realize just how... How significantly that will change our lives, but it's going to change a lot, including your financial, your economic future, and uh, much more. Because I really do believe, um, I believe for a long time that the UFO subject is the most revolutionary subject out there. There's others, but I think this is number one.
2: now energy this is something that uh victor got uh, what what would you say it's just you know it's just yeah we have to take a
1: step back here i mean the, the whole conversation up to this point has been very interesting about the ufo phenomenon but when you look at the the this energy issue and what it can mean in terms of of um changing our society both you know sociologically politically and economically and this energy issue, as I said earlier in the program, is these crafts are using an energy system that we just don't know about. Some people on the planet, some physicists, are beginning to understand it. But what it, what it is is drawing energy from the quantum vacuum of space, which allows these craft, we don't know how they do it, We've some sort of indication of how they might in quantum physics, but uh, that to, to move at or beyond the speed of light. And that's one hundred eighty-six thousand miles per second. And wow! Yeah, it, it, that's just you know. So you you know it's, it's you move across your city in an hour. Um, the, the speed of light could do that back and forth and back and forth millions of times before you get home. So it, th- th- this ho- the whole concept of the energy issue changing our planetary worldview is so powerful. And let me give you an example of what this energy is all about. And I'm going to try to, and I'm not an expert on this. I can, I can tell you that I'm not a physicist, but I have read a lot about it. I've interviewed people who, who know about this zero point energy. And here's what I have distilled from that. And there's more to it than this. But when, when you look at what the, the word quantum means, it means hunks of energy. Okay. So I'm sure your listeners have had the experience when they were kids or whatever to get two magnets and get the North Pole and the South Pole and put them together and they attract one another, right? Yes. They come together. It just goes, and they're just there together. That's one way of understanding energy. Flip those two magnets over and get North Pole and North Pole together and try to push them together. What happens?
2: Kind of go into that. It's pretty late at night. <laughs> so God, what happens?
1: Well, they push away from each other. Yeah. So, so North Pole to North Pole pushes. You can't, you, you can't get them together. They will never enjoin themselves. You can get them as close as you can, but they will never attract themselves like a North and a South Pole would. So the question is, when you get a North Pole and a North Pole of, of, of two magnets to put them together, and that resistance between those two poles to push them apart is in fact, if you look in between those two magnets, that's the energy source that the quantum has to push things forward. And when you gather that information or that energy together in one large quantum uh, source, you have a source of energy that can move a craft at or beyond the speed of light. All you have to do is quantify it at a level and th- where it will allow you to have a propulsion system.
2: And that's tremendous brain capacity. That's tremendous technology capacity to figure out energy, which we're finding out energy in our world today through healing measures, mm-hmm. which again, oh. our doctors want to ignore and other people want to ignore involving energy. Mm-hmm. So not surprising that other civilizations have figured out this energy thing far more than we have.
1: Precisely. And that's a great point to to move into the next um, explanation of what you just asked me. It's about the, the, this energy source or where it comes from. And what, what has been proven is that, you know these acceleron, uh, accelerators they, where they accelerate atoms and do things with them in these in cyclotrons? Are you familiar with that? Not at all. So go okay. well, what, what, what physicists do is they put electrons in a cyclotron, a big, huge circle. Massive circle, you know, miles long, and they, they push ex- electrons uh, one way or another, and they collide them and and w- read all kinds of information from those collisions to determine the density of of uh, of the collision, uh, how fast they're moving, and all that. They, this happens all the time, but there was an experiment done. What they did was they got an electron, okay, and they put it in the cyclotron. Mm-hmm. This is huge, a huge mechanism, and they split that electron in half. I, I, I don't, don't ask me how they do it, but this is what okay. they did. Okay. And they, they, they sent one half in one direction along the cyclotron, and uh, another, the other half was, was sent in the opposite direction in the cyclotron at the speed of light. So you got these two particles cut in half, moving one way on, on, on the cyclotron at the speed of light, and a second one moving another um, uh, distance on, on, on the other side, left to right. And then what they found was, what they did is they exposed one of those particles, just one of them, to a force to reverse its spin. So these these things spin. So they inserted a force on one of the halves to to reverse its spin, and then automatically, without doing anything to the other particle, it reversed its spin too, Wow! independently. So the conclusion there is that there's some kind of, and here's the key point for everyone to understand, is there's some sort of dancing charge or bonding mechanism that communicates those two particles together, which is exactly what you just expressed about consciousness. Everything is linked in some way or another. So the energy that's involved in having one go one way and one go the other, the bonding mechanism within that is in fact what this quantum energy is all about and if we can tap into that energy as the extraterrestrials have already done then we advance as a species so that's kind of a a very elemental explanation of why these propulsion systems are so important and how they could change the entire, entire energy system on the planet and economically involve I mean, how do you monetize something no.
2: this? The exactly. So it, so are yeah. you are you fearing this could happen, this could be the end oh, of the sure.
1: world? Oh no, don't could it. this they end could the mon- world? They could monetize it, Neil, and they can weaponize it. And that's the political system at work and the economic you know, Wall Street. So we have to find some way of integrating this into the populace that doesn't become monetized and doesn't become uh, weaponized. And how do you do that? As a species, we're not very good. We're not very good at consensus building as a species, as a global species. So I have all kinds of concerns that this will not go down well and not be accepted or we just won't be able to deal with it until we are, till this stuff is dropped in our lap and the politicians and our governments and people, generally speaking, have time to deal with it and understand what where we need to go with this. Because once disclosure is going to come, it's not going to be sort of this fantasia. It, we're we're going to be confronted by serious, and that's what Richard's talking about, serious questions culturally and economically about where we're going as a species. So
2: Exactly. Uh, so yeah. is that <laughs> why we see? Is that why, do you think any aliens among us are writing our scripts to show us what to expect in the future? Oh mm-hmm, boy.
1: What a question. Oh my goodness. Um, i got to think about that one. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt that whoever is on the planet right now who are hybrids or have some sort of um, connection with the extraterrestrials, I don't doubt for one second that in some way they have influenced um, uh, writing, ideology, scientific perceptions. I don't think that they have not been exempt from that. I think that there, that, there's a, that there is an influence of whoever these beings might be on the planet right now currently who are representing these species who are slowly infiltrating, infiltrating um, ideas about who they are as a species and, and how we need to connect with them. And that's the whole question. Is there a way that we can possibly politically, sociologically, and even on a fundamental human uh, level, connect with these these beings? What's the mechanism through which we can connect with these beings? And that's the big question.
3: 18 plus.